the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In both the Old Testament and the New Testament, God's people are to leave vengeance to God. Now our first tendency when somebody does this wrong is to want to get even. This is our natural reaction. But we need to have a supernatural reaction. Have you ever thought that you reacted supernaturally to anything in your life? Well, I'd have to stop and think long and hard about my own life to see if I could find something. This is a broadcast called Study Verse by Verse, and Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno is taking us through an area of the New Testament called the Beatitudes. It's part of the Sermon on the Mount found in Matthew chapter 5. And we're going to talk, or Pastor Leighton is going to talk about oaths and retaliation today. Take about a 10-minute break and share it with us. And go to our website and let us know that you're listening. That would mean a great deal. It's highlands.us. Now, Lex Talionis was a formula that was given to judges who had to uh, deal with crime and make the punishment fit the crime. And, and the goal of this law was that the, the, the punishment wouldn't be either, neither too strict nor too lenient. And when this principle was applied, as it was intended in the Old Testament, it involved the judgments of the court in response to a crime. But practicing this principle on a personal level, instead of a court of law, leads to revenge. And part of the reason for that is we don't really get even, we have a tendency to get more than even. And uh, retaliation was and remains very common amongst all humankind, particularly in the Near East. In fact, those vendettas last for generations, even thousands of years. Part of the reason we have a problem with no peace in the Middle East is this vendetta that has gone on for literally thousands of years. Now, this law was intended by God to make sure that the the, the punishment fit the crime, but the people interpreted it as God's permission to take vengeance, even though that was never God's intention. Verse 39, but I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. And that doesn't mean that we should let evil triumph in our communities. Jesus here is referring to private retaliation, not to public order. Law enforcement is operating in accordance with Scripture, Romans chapter 13, when they step in and they stop evil. It's talking here about private retaliation. The word here, resist, means to defend oneself, to take aggressive action against another. And so um, what, uh, what Jesus is saying here is that when evil people do things to us, we should accept the injustice without taking revenge. And that requires um, a faith that God's going to take care of us and that He's ultimately going to bring about justice. In both the Old Testament and the New Testament, God's people are to leave vengeance to God. Now our first tendency when somebody does this wrong is to want to get even. 
This is our natural reaction. But we need to have a supernatural reaction. Now Jesus used hyperbole here, that is extreme examples, to provide some examples of the kind of behavior he expects from his followers. And he does away with vengeance and introduces this spirit of non-retaliation. He provides several illustrations of what he means. He says, but if someone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Did you notice that he specified which cheek? Which cheek did he specify? The right cheek. That's not insignificant. Most people are right-handed. In order for a person to strike another person on the right cheek, they have to reach across and use the back of their hand. That is not an act of violence. That is an act of insult. And it's an important distinction. If someone attacks you violently, you have a right and probably a responsibility to protect yourself and others. Jesus is not here describing an act of violence, but rather an act of insult. And when someone insults you, you must not retaliate. Now according to the ancient laws, the one who slapped was given a heavy fine and they could be taken to court and every advantage was given to the one who was victimized. And what Jesus says here is don't take him to court. Even though you can win, don't take him to court. Instead, offer him the other cheek. Now many scholars have pointed out that we only have two cheeks. Now Jesus didn't ask his followers to do what he himself was unwilling to do. In fact, he received such treatment at his trial. Matthew 26 describes Jesus on trial before the Sanhedrin and says, then the high priest tore his clothes and said, he has spoken blasphemy. Why do we need any more witnesses? Look, now you've heard the blasphemy. Well, what do you think? They answered, he is worthy of death. And they spit in his face and struck him with their fists. Others slapped him and said, prophesy to us, Christ, who hits you? So when Christ said, turn the other cheek, he himself modeled that very behavior at his trial, that unjust trial. He could have called 10,000 angels, but he turned the other cheek. Jesus wants his followers to have an unselfish attitude that willingly prioritizes the way of the cross instead of personal right, that knows that God is going to take care and someday he's going to set things right. You know, there are those who call themselves Christians who do wrong things. And sometimes it seems like they're just getting away with it continuously. The Bible tells us that God disciplines His children. So if they're doing something wrong and they don't repent from it, God is going to discipline them. If they are not God's children, God's not going to discipline them, but they've got a worse problem because they're going to hell, whether or not they call themselves Christians. God is going to set right everything. Now another thing we need to note, that in order to turn the other cheek, we can't run away. We have to stay right there and take it. This demands faith and love and courage and gentleness and self-control. Verse 40, and if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. Now the tunic was an undergarment that everyone had, and everyone had more than one. 
But the cloak was very expensive. Most people owned only one. It was used as clothing during the day, a blanket at night, a sack to carry things in, a pad to sit on, and a pledge for debt. Under God's law, no one could permanently take another person's cloak. The Old Testament law said, if you take your neighbor's cloak in pawn, you shall restore it before the sun goes down, for it may be your neighbor's only clothing to use as cover against the chill of the night. And so here, Jesus is talking not so much about robbery as someone taking you to court and and wanting to deprive you of everything. They want to leave you naked in the streets. And the attitude uh, that Jesus is describing is that his followers should hold their possessions very loosely. Again, hyperbole. Verse 41, and if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two. Now the background on this is that uh, the nation was an occupied nation, and the Roman soldier could tap any citizen on the, on the shoulder and conscript that citizen to carry a burden for up to a Roman mile. A Roman mile was 1,000 paces. We see an example of that in the case of Simon of Cyrene. And what Jesus advocated here is the going the second mile. In fact, that's where the phrase came from, going the second mile. And what he's saying is is we should return good for evil. Verse 42, give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. And what he's talking about here is having a generous spirit. Not only in terms of loans but also in terms of gifts. This is one of the characteristics a follower of Christ should have is a generous spirit. Why? Because we have, have we not, experienced the generosity of God through Christ. We who've experienced God's generosity should be generous. We who've experienced God's grace should be gracious. We who've experienced God's mercy should be merciful. We who've experienced God's generosity should be generous. That should be just part of who we are. Now it doesn't mean that we should give all our money to anyone and everyone who asks for it. In fact, Proverbs makes some real clear recommendations regarding this. But what Jesus is saying here is that we should put the needs of others before our own. We should put the rights of others before our own. The Apostle Paul summarizes these teachings in Romans chapter 12 where he writes, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now as mentioned earlier, the Beatitudes are the values of God's kingdom and they're upside down when you compare them with the values of this world. The world advocates getting even, looking out for oneself, protecting one's personal rights. But what Jesus is saying is his followers should hold their personal rights loosely for the sake of the gospel and the kingdom. He does not suggest that we sit passively and let evil go unhindered because as it has been well said, evil prospers when good men do nothing. This is not a call for pacifism as some have thought. We're not to become doormats. One of the reasons that Jesus did allow himself to be taken to the cross by his enemies The reason that he was taken to the cross by his enemies is because he refused to be a doormat. The Apostle Paul claimed the rights of his Roman citizenship rather than being a doormat. 
We're not called to be pacifists, but we're called to answer hatred with love. That's why the next portion of the, of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus taught, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. He loved his enemies. Jesus loved his enemies. And there is no better example of that than what Christ did on the cross for all of us. You're listening to Study Verse by Verse from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno on the web at highlands.us. And our teacher is Pastor Leighton Sheely. He's the senior pastor at Church of the Highlands, which is a Christ-centered Bible teaching church, assisting people to grow in the knowledge and love of Christ Jesus through a great commitment to the Great Commission. You'll find that right on the homepage of the website, highlands.us. If you join uh, with the congregation on a Saturday, they have services on Saturday night, or a Sunday, you'll find a warm, caring environment. If you're looking for a church home, I commend Church of the Highlands in San Bruno to you. I'm Mike Trout. Thank you for joining us. Come back tomorrow as Pastor Layton once again opens the Word of God and we study verse by verse.